the first setting is this confusion. Something's a little off. I don't know what it is at that moment to explore it. If you don't, it just builds itself around. The next thing you know, you're at five o'clock anger and you're yelling and screaming about something because you never dealt with the little ones at the top. Welcome to the Personal Development Without the Fluff podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. Look, if you believe that there's got to be more to life or you find yourself zagging when others are zigging, this podcast is most likely for you. We're not here to fix you because in our opinion, you're already perfect. We are here to help you remember who you truly are. That light inside of you that you thought you lost forever. I think you know the one I'm talking about, right? That one. We're brash and blunt and give it to you straight. You'll most likely love us and hate us at the same time. And for us, that's perfect. Because what we are here to do is open your heart and expand your mind so you can live your ultimate life. And if you're wanting more support at any time or just want to interact with Guy and I, find our personal development without the fluff group on Facebook and come hang out with us and other like-minded, amazing human beings. So if you're done with fantasizing about your life and you're ready to go start living it, Welcome to our show. Now let's get started. All right, welcome to the show. Now, before we jump in, I want to make a big announcement. So obviously we have the holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all that stuff happening. And Guy and I have created something, a way to give back to you, our loyal listeners. So you may have heard that we started something called The Collective. What you may have not heard is that right now, not only can you get in for a 14-day free trial to experiment it and see if it works for you, we've also lowered the price from $99 a month to just nine. That's right. You didn't hear this wrong. From $99 to nine. And if you do it now, you can get grandfathered in at that $9 price point today. Again, all you have to do is go to satoriprime.com forward slash collective, satoriprime.com forward slash collective, and you can grandfather yourself in to the collective for just $9. Our way to give back during this holiday season. So if you're out there wanting to make significant changes in your life, wanting to get more peace, more fulfillment, more love in every area of your life, make sure you go to satoriprime.com forward slash collective right now. I do not know how long we're going to keep this up. So now would be the time to act. All right, my friends. So today I'm going to read you a more recent review came to us from Noelle Brianna, who headlined it, The Soul Seeps Out, Results That Resonate. I absolutely love it. So Noel Brianna, if you're listening to this, please reach out to me, Elon at satoriprime.com, and I will send you a wonderful little gift. So she writes, as I listen to Guy and Elon, I can't help but hear their soul. Two men, brothers, who are surely helping a massive of people create results that resonate with their highest self. The shifts are internal, but they are visible. Cheers to a life where I truly have it all, including an amazing audio experience, bringing me one step closer to becoming myself. Noel Brianna, thank you for the wonderful words. And if you would like to get your own very special gift, then head over to iTunes, leave us an honest rating. And when I read yours out loud, you can again, reach out to me at Elon at satoriprime.com and I will send you a great little gift. All right, let's get on with the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Personal Development Without the Fluff podcast. I'm super excited to have two guests with me today. They are husband and wife. I'm going to let them tell the whole story because it's a really cool story. But first and foremost, welcome to the show, Poppy and Jeff. Thank you. Thank you, Elon. It's great, to, great be to be with you again. We love talking with you. Yeah. So Poppy and Jeff, I always do pre-interviews and our pre-interview, which is usually slated for like 20 minutes, ended up going for an hour because we had such a good time chatting with each other. And then Guy and I were on their podcast and that ended up going for an hour plus. So we, uh, we've built quite a beautiful relationship. I'm really excited to have you guys on the show. Thank you. Before we talk about what we're going to talk about, I think it's really cool, your, your story. And, and so just a real quick preface, Poppy and Jeff run a business, they're relationship experts, basically. They do 
things very, very similar to what Guy and I do, specifically niched into the relationship space. Their story, though, however, is just absolutely unbelievable. So I don't know which one of you likes to tell the story more, but I'd love for you guys to share a little bit about it. I think we kind of do it. Uh, we do it together. We do it together. Yeah. At the dance. Yes, we do a dance. College, college sweethearts who were separated for 32 years. And the only reason we got separated because Poppy was a year older than me in college. I was a junior. She was a senior. We were madly in love, spent the year dating and just, just having a fabulous time. And being a 21-year-old guy, therefore a moron with the uh, intuitive skills of a Guernsey cow, I like to say, I didn't think about a future, didn't plan one. Poppy didn't think I wanted to have us stay together. And she graduated and, and broke us up thinking I didn't care. And I did care. Yeah. It turned into a big mess. And uh, well, so. well, can you actually say, you know, because she asked you a question, which is yeah. a very simple straightforward question and you, right. you answered it simple and straightforward so poppy you you asked what i so the question was we had a i grew up in the midwest pretty conservative with definitely the message that girls don't chase guys they're not aggressive they're a little bit um more demure and proper so i threw like a hail mary question like what do you think will happen next year? And um, my great answer that I've well thought out with deep, uh, you know, deep uh, wisdom was, uh, well, I'll be back here next year. I'll be joining school, captain of the water ski team, and I'll, I'll be here. So <laughs> not not the answer she was searching for. Yeah. Well, and it, it wasn't like, oh, I want to get married. Right. I, I, it wasn't like, oh, I want us to get married. But I, I did want him to say, well, well, we'll keep in touch like we did this year. We'll visit each other at the holidays like we did this year. We will call each other on the phone. You know, we didn't have Skype or Zoom or anything else. Back but, in the dark ages. Huh? Right, but but at least something. And so in my 21-year-old brain was the thought, well, wow, it didn't even occur to him to consider us. So we will just, uh, he obviously doesn't care. So it, it, we launched our business with that premise of let's develop communication skills and help other people develop them and not make assumptions, not make judgments, and see if we can't improve our interconnectedness with one another and in the workplace and at home. Yeah. So just to clarify, their college sweethearts separate. Now, both of you go off. 32 years. We both have separate lives. Marriages. We both have two marriages each, two divorces each. and, uh, and Four kids. I have one. Uh, Poppy had, has four, she just said. And uh, I just one day randomly had a, a thought. I was uh, I was single. I've been dating a woman, but it was ending. And uh, I said, whatever happened to that girl, Poppy, in college? And I, I quickly just Googled her name, and it, uh, it, it took me right to her, her web page, and had a number there. It was a coaching website that she has. And so here's a number to call for a free coaching session. I was like, oh, what the heck? I mean, what, what can she do? Blow wow. me off again? What's the worst thing that could possibly happen here? And, right. she, and I heard exactly the opposite. Oh, my God, I've been looking for you for the past three decades. I've called you, tried to find you multiple times. I never wanted to break up. You were the wonderful guy I always wanted to be with. And I'm like, What? <laughs> what? And uh, so stag we, staggering around the room for about a half hour going, what? So we coined that, and, and hopefully we can get into that. We coined and trademarked a phrase that, that what happened to us during that time, and it was called cognitive bypass. And cognitive, as you know, is with the, the mind. It's like when we first heard one another's voices on the phone and realized that we were talking to one another, we did not think of what to say next what to plan. I mean, you talk about present moment. Um, we didn't censor our words. It, we literally spoke straight from the heart. And mm. that's what cognitive bypass is. And it's something that we use in our practice, um, in our yeah, counseling packet. It could have been one of those things where I, uh, any, if I'd had uh, friends or someone talking over my shoulder, they might've gone, Hey, Hey, watch out now, you know, be yeah, careful. Don't say this. This is the one that broke your heart all those years ago. Remember how, how hurt you were and how confused you were and didn't understand it? And none of that took place. We both went right to 
complete and total vulnerability. And we were we started speaking absolutely and totally from the heart. And it was a, a wonderful, mind-blowing exchange that completely changed both of our lives in that second. Wow. And then how how soon after? So you guys get back together. Yep. Uh, Poppy, you already had a coaching business. I had a coaching and an art therapy practice um, for many years. And I was teaching psychology at um, a college here, Ringling College of Art and Design. And I had five different psychology courses that I would rotate through for about eight or nine years. And um, so I was, my work life was pretty full. You know, I was doing those three separate side hustles and, yeah. and then the teaching. And how soon after that? We, we got together. We first had a phone call in April. By the time we saw each other three weeks later, Jeff was living in North Carolina. I was living in Florida. Uh, we had already kind of fallen back in love on the phone. It wow. was really yeah, we funny. Didn't even, it was funny. We didn't even think about um, like Skyping or something. It didn't even cross our minds to actually look. We just started talking and exchanged pictures and things like that. Kind of, We, we started old-fashioned, I guess, in the, in the way we, we communicated. And we were... We were it was vintage. We were, I was yeah. going to say, you brought it back to how it started. <laughs> yeah, right. And But we were, both of us were, we quickly were found out that we were... We'd never fallen out of love is the way it became. You know, we, we never really had a big fight or something. It just sort of had this stumbling, whoopsie uh, event took place where Poppy was graduating and, and it broke us up. And there was nothing really wrong. It went from great to, whoops, we're broken up. Yeah. And well, so we, we put it right back together again. And uh, I, I was a sales professional. And I, after a while, I decided to leave that and join Poppy. We had so many people said, oh, this story's too good. You have to write a book. So we wrote a book, and the book, uh, One Billion Seconds, I'll happen to have it right behind us here, yep. our journey, our journey of One Billion Seconds is 32 years. So I think it was like sort of an epiphany. We got married in 2011. We reconnected in 2010, and it was shortly after that that we both decided to sort of leave those professions behind and to collaborate together to help men and women communicate in a much more profound and effective way. Definitely a higher level of communication Um, because we, it was really based on our own lack of communication at 21. I mean, at 21, yes, you don't know much, but we were, we just didn't have the courage, the strength, the, the the skills, the words. We literally got it down to two words. One of the chapters in the book is called two words. And it was to us. If Poppy had said, what's going to happen next year to us? I might yeah. have gone, oh, oh, to us. Oh, yeah. oh, that's different. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's in- interesting. And this is, you know, I'm sure because I know the, the kind of coaching you guys have done because we've spoken so much about it. But it's like even now that simplicity, right? So I'm sure, Poppy, if you were to ask someone a question now, and the response was answering not necessarily the question that you had asked in the first place, then you would initiate at this point to re-ask the question in such a way that you actually got the response to the question that you really asked. But it's funny, at 21, we most, most people don't have those skills. Mm-hmm. Right. And then all that little voice of the programming of, you know, well – he, he must not care, right? We make all that stuff up or um, I'm not going to pursue this. I already asked. I already did. Da, da, da. So it's really interesting how, you know, really those two words changed. Basically, it was like a sliding door moment. It was the course. Yes, it was. It absolutely didn't want to ask again. Without those. Oh, puppy. Uh, yeah, this is our, our new member of our family here. That's, uh, our daughters. That we're, we're babysitting our daughter's little uh, shepherd. So, so cute. And it's easier to hold that dog, I believe, than to listen to a cry. Um, <laughs> so, so let's walk people through. Uh, first of all, you know, who are the kind of uh, people that you, you tend to work with? Well, I think the most common person we 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 have contacting us is some. It's it's off. It's very often women, and the women are, are quicker to reach out and and uh, look for help and ask for help. And it's it's usually people that that are unfortunately pretty far down a path of things aren't going very well. Yeah, and they're they're yes. hit, they're hitting a wall. And in fact, we have a tool, and we've talked to you about our emotional clock. 
and they're at this this very critical point. It's called our six o'clock on the emotional clock, where they've 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 hit a wall, and they're like, I I have to do something. Yeah. It's like your your danger fear. So the emotional clock is a communication tool that we trademarked and developed, and it's a, a handheld tool because certainly we learned from psychology and science that when we have a tactile tool and we have highly charged emotions, we can better to um, organize and sort out thoughts so that, that we can proceed in a, in a forward moving way, in a positive way. So the, the 12, there are 12 emotions on this clock. The right side is, is kind of the negative emotions, confusion, anxiety, despair, shame and guilt, anger. And then the six o'clock is fear. It's that fight or flight where it's like, I got to do something or, or else I circle backwards and fall into that, what we call the Bermuda Triangle of shame and fear and guilt and anger and despair. Unfortunately, the the really relationships that really struggle are the ones that never get past that six o'clock. They just stay in that loop Mm. where where shame, guilt, anger, uh, just uh, uh, that despair that they just stay in that loop and just kind of relive it over and over again. And, and it's our job to help them get to six o'clock and beyond find relief and to make make the communication Forgiveness, happen. Forgiveness, hopefulness, confidence. Eventually, back up to, to, to love. love. You know, that's the. So, so let's talk about that because when someone goes through those stages, you know, I, it's funny because I just made a video about um, excuses and like the excuses that people have, and it was funny. It kind of stemmed from something that that people say to me quite often, but this weekend, for whatever reason, it like, I, I had probably like five or six people say it all at one time. And it was just so present. And I, I was walking to the bathroom and I just had this like epiphany. It was like, God, it's such bullshit that people just say this all the time. And they'll look at me, you know, we're around a pool and they'll look at me and they'll be like, wow, you have really good genetics. <laughs> what? And I'm like, how do you, you know? And, but so, so kind of the thing that started going through my head is, all of the excuses that people create, right? You see someone really fit and your description or what's happening in your head, because there's plenty of people that don't say it, right? So like if five or six people said it, there's probably another 50, 60 that don't say it, but they have their own version like, oh, he's young or oh, he, it's got to be good genetics or blah, blah, blah. And then we'll look at relationships. It's, oh, you know, she, she's just really nice and she's a yes person or we just make up nonsense and then we compare and contrast to other people. Then we go, I'm not like that. They're not like that, et cetera. It creates all this anxiety and annoyance and frustration and he never listens blah, 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 blah. And we get to that place. And this woman today, after that video, I asked in the video as like the, the final thing. I said, you know, what's in one area of your life that you're making excuses for right now? And she was courageous enough to say that she had been, she's in a 40 year relationship that she wants out of. And she's scared shitless to make a move. Right. And I know that we had spoken about, you know, you're not necessarily there to always keep people together. It's, it's sometimes it's like, Hey, It's, it's unfortunately often the case of they've already, walk this path, it's been 40 years of, of potentially just a d- dysfunctional, torturous, heartbreaking relationship. Uh, uh, many cases, if there's often uh, alcoholism, drug abuse, uh, other abuses. But sometimes it's, it's um, the financial security is really important, the, the sake of the kids, which we can get into later. Yeah. And also, it's it, so many people were like, well, wait a minute, I've already invested 40 years of my life here. I'm, I'm not going to walk away now. What does that say for the f- past 40 years? Was it a bust? And it's like, no, not at all. The 40 years, you still grew and developed and had incredible um, opportunities for learning. Um, you know, so why is that? Why is that something that... And if you had children, you still produced wonderful children together. Yeah. And no, you never look at those those things as a, a mistake or a bust. That's uh, not at all. No. So so when someone's at that, that make or break, you know, yes. the six o'clock, as you call it, what are some of the tools or conversations uh, that they get to have in order to start creating some sort of more freedom and, and start transitioning into the other side. 
The, you want to take it? Okay. So I think the first thing we do is is we get people to feel safe and comfortable with that with that sort of epiphany or that awareness that they have. If they mm-hmm. have that um, thought, well, you know, what does it look like if I were to live my life separately? What if it what what does that next step look like? So there's all sorts of resources that we suggest. Um, certainly legal guidance, financial guidance. Um, and then we sort of present the emotional guidance that they need along the way, because we know that fears are like roller coasters. They come in and they go out and they come in and they go out. And um, one, one hour you're strong and you're great and I got this. And the next minute you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. So we're, we're definitely aware of all those nuances that, that intersect and, and cause really complex emotions all diverging in one point at once. And so we help them to sort of veer them back, reframing. We use reframing so much in our mm. practice to help them reframe and, and, and get them to a point if they're really stuck to say, well, what is it about what you're feeling that is making you afraid right now? What do you think? Can you help? Can we all brainstorm to identify that fear? You know, what is it that's, that you think might be holding you back. We just coached a, a somebody the other day and um, on Skype and said, so um, why, what do you think is holding you back? We don't ever shame anybody or make them feel guilty if they didn't follow sure. one of their goals. But at the same time, we do want to just check in that accountability and say, so what do you think um, is the reason you didn't take that step? And, and it always comes down to something fear-based. That's We always sure. see these things, of course, that they're afraid of. And it's just getting them to acknowledge and admit what they're afraid of. In many cases, it's things that they have never really come to terms with at all. It's some, some dark aspects of their own life or the marriage that they've never really wanted to look at. Mm. And, and in this particular situation, it was like, well, the reason I haven't taken this step is because, and then sometimes we'll put little feelers out there like is it through this is it a or b and then they go oh it's so we we always take the uh idea of the optometrist if you've ever had an eye exam a or b and they go like one or two one or two. which is it's better like, which is better they're both like the same but you're like okay i guess i'll just yeah <laughs> so we kind of do that with our coaching and it's like which one feels better and it's always about how they feel rather than how they think yes because the thoughts aren't as genuine as the feelings Yes. So true. Now going back to this whole idea of communication, and I know we've spoken about this before offline, but you know, personal responsibility is, is really, really big. And when relationships tend to go sour, it's not a moment and then the whole thing falls apart. It's the moment that was never acknowledged that's been buried that then more and more and more evidence for that thing and then it just piles up and then there's explosions and volcanoes and shit gets thrown around the house and Mm -hmm. people say nasty (laughs) stuff. So if you're working with a couple, it's one thing, right? You, you, you get both sides. If you're working with one individual who's my assertion is they're coming to you because the relationship matters to them, you know, like they're, they're, they're actually interested in, in working and saving the relationship and there's this notion, um, and therapy is big on this, so I know you know this, it's like, it, it creates this blame thing. Well, it's them. They need to change. They need to do all right. this stuff, which just creates kind of like this never-ending loop of, you know, you can't get out of it. So where does personal responsibility play in this um, you know, what are the things that, that people can be made aware of? Is it, is it focused on communication? Is it clarifying certain things? Is it owning up to certain things? Like where can people create kind of that relief for themselves and start to shift the relationship? Okay. So one of the things that we also do is, is both of us are, are Myers-Briggs certified. So the Myers-Briggs is one of those personality assessments that is the kind of the number one um, assessment that's recognized around the world as a great indicator of your personality preferences. Yeah. So introversion, extroversion preferences, sensing intuition, 
thinking, feeling, and judging, perceiving. And so when we, we give clients, if they so choose, a, an assessment, and if they understand their Myers-Briggs and their partner's Myers-Briggs, we can then tailor customize approaches to conversations to deal with conflict, to deal with those reframing, to eradicate fear, to get them to um, understand where their partner's coming from, where they're coming from. Are they projecting? Are they blaming? Or And we help them to see um, you know, where their fear-based conversations and conflicts are coming from. Nice. And so in that... So someone, for example, does the Myers-Briggs and they, they have both of them, right? For those that don't know, it's it's a personality assessment, but it's not – it's more based on your preferences. So like I, I prefer right. this over that. It's, it's different than, than some of the other ones. Not set in yeah, stone. It's not a right yeah. or wrong thing either. People exactly. often get caught up in the fact that, well – you know, I, I, I'm not doing the right thing because I'm this. And it's, no, it's, it's just who you are is what it is. Yeah. We, we use all of the preferences. You know, for instance, both Jeff and I have a preference for extroversion. That's why we're doing what we're doing with you. We love doing this stuff. <laughs> but, we, um, but there are moments in our life, that, like if we were the other a couple months ago, we were giving this, this big speaking event and we were on stage for three hours and then we got off stage and it was like, I don't even want to talk. I, I just want to go home. I want to chill. Yeah. So we have to recharge that way too if we expend so much energy. So extroversion and introversion is how people get their energy. Some people recharge if they have a preference for introversion by just being still, reading a book, meditating, whatever they need to do. Extroversion, a lot of times people like to be stimulated by outside influences. Sure. So knowing that and, and knowing that about your spouse, is there just an example that maybe you can give to just drive this home? You know, if yeah. someone yeah, found out this about... The, the, we always often talk about the, the, the final piece of this is uh, judging versus perceiving. And it's how you make decisions. And uh, someone who has a strong preference for judging doesn't mean that they're, they're judging people. It means they can make quick decisions. They can take the information presented and act on it in a pretty in a prompt fashion yeah. uh, versus a uh, perceiving means they like to really chew it over. They love to have the thoughts floating through their heads. They love to con- consider these options and look at them. And someone who has a strong J preference being in a relationship with a strong P preference, just a question like, where'd you like to go for dinner? Can cause great, great distress because the P is like, well, let me think. You know, they might go on for a, you know, di- dinner is long gone by the time they felt come up with a decision versus a yep. Jay's like, I'm good with pizza. Let's go. You know, boom. Yep. So, and, and for extroversion and introversion, it's, and that's often the case. You, we hear clients who have a preference for extroversion. They go, my husband won't talk to me. And so we have, we find out that he has a strong preference for introversion, which means, you know, he's got that caveman. To, you he know, likes to, uh, likes to hide in the cave. And, and so we give her opportunities and um, almost like scripts to help her to engage him in a way that's not threatening to him, but that's still comfortable. It meets him where he's at. And sometimes it's as simple as, as note writing, you know, yes. uh, that where a, a P has the opportunity to think about the words and, and put great thought and great, perception into it and say, this is what I really want to express. So a, a, a long love note might be the best way to overcome uh, an issue or challenge with versus yes. trying to talk. Because- any conflict, any conflict. Because, you know, when we speak verbally, I mean, a lot of people, let's say somebody's a uh, uh, high energy, A-type personality, strong preference for extroversion, and they love to be demonstrative and use their hands and they talk. And so when they're passionate about something, it comes across, even if it's something that's positive, an introverted, introverted preference personality would be kind of like, ooh, a little bit, um, feel assaulted by that because it's too much. Yeah. And so, and in fact, we do that with our clients. If we have someone that we know has an, a preference for introversion, we will speak softly, quietly, slowly, and not be intrusive to them, you know, it's a respect thing. We just saw a great example of this that just popped into my head. We just got, literally got back from the gym 
and um, uh, there, there's a group of guys shows up from a certain company, and they're all uh, sales guys, all right, and they're young, strong, aggressive sales guys, and they come to the gym, and there's this testosterone just flying everywhere, right? <laughs> they're just you're going, and they're talking, and they're pumping each other, and going. Yeah. Well, there was a, a very soft-spoken gentleman we've also gotten to know, who is I'm sure has a huge. We don't know this, but just surmising introversion is definitely his his position sure and he feels like he's been uh just offended assaulted, when he, assaulted by these guys when they Brutally show up assaulted. and he's actually made complaints to the management about these 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 ruffians these hooligans that show up here and to us it's just a bunch of guys just having a good time and to him it was very offensive so it's a, they that's were a, too noisy, you know, it's that kind of thing. He likes to go when there's no one there and it's quiet, and he has a chance to just focus on his own things. Yep. They just completely blew that that karma for him. So yeah, that, that's a great example of the difference of how we all look at that and and, and work within it. So and real quick, just for um, an example, like if if a if one spouse is is very extroverted and the other one is very introverted, these are preferences, of course. I would, we would suggest that you, you reach a compromise with your, your spouse, you know, don't have weekend after weekend of social activity outside of the house or whatever, mm. lots of people over. It's just your, your introverted preference spouse will find that disrespectful. Yeah. You know, you're not taking into account my needs. And so understanding that it's like, okay, so maybe we just have uh, a barbecue or a gathering on Labor Day, let's say this year and then we won't entertain again until whenever, you know, it's just, it's a way, not that it's right or wrong, but it's a way to be courteous and loving and respectful of your partner. Hi there, my friend. I just want to take a minute in case you skip the intro to these shows for some reason and let you know that for a very, and I mean truly very limited time as in this could be gone by next week, Guy and I are offering entrance into our collective for instead of $99 a month for just nine. That's right. You can get yourself grandfathered in for just $9 a month for life now, as long as you head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective. And if you're thinking, I don't know, is this for me? Then I got two things to say about that. First, if you even like this podcast a little bit, you'll absolutely love the collective. We share things in there that we share with our personal clients who pay us tens of thousands of dollars and you can get them for nine bucks. And the second thing is we're actually offering you a 14 day free trial. So you can just come and check it out for yourself for free. You have nothing to lose. So again, go to satoriprime.com forward slash collective right now and make sure you lock this thing in before we realize that we've gone crazy and change our minds. <laughs> we look forward to seeing you in our collective. Now back to the show. For me, one of the biggest things I see, and we were saying this, like communication is everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think people get to look at where in their relationship they're withholding. Yes for whatever it is, right? Like whether it's asking for what you want, asking for what would make you feel good, expressing the moments where someone said something or did something or didn't say something or didn't uh, do something that had you be at an effect. The difference that I see is people can do this, but they do it from a standpoint of you did this to me, you mess things up in my life, right? Which no one likes to be told how they messed up or blamed for anything, right? The Mm -hmm. second that happens, we all dig at our heels. The gift for us, like for Fanny and I early on was understanding how to communicate something to the other person whereby we first took responsibility, full 100% responsibility for what we were communicating. So having this notion like that my wife never does anything to me, just like my kids never do anything to me. I am the one irritating myself. I am the one angering myself or frustrating myself or whatever. What I get to look at is there is some sort of perception of this person doing something or not doing something that triggered some sort of reaction in me. Right. But they didn't do that to me. Right. Correct. So the second I have that as, as the overarching kind of context of everything, like no one can do anything to you. 
It's Correct. just your perception of what's happening. Now I can go and communicate and say, you know what, hon, when you responded that way, how I received that was X, Y, and Z, which I know right. was not your right. intention. Felt, right. In the future, I know that your intention was to do whatever. In the future, try it this way. And then it just kind of becomes this game of learning because I think it's also really important for human beings to understand just because someone realizes maybe they did something that upset you, it's in their nature to do those things. That That's kind of like the automated response. So mm-hmm. to reprogram something new, you know, to feel like, oh, I had that conversation. I told you, you're still doing it. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm working on this. It's not something that's like I snap my fingers and it's gone. Right. Just to have that leniency and understanding like, I'm perfectly imperfect. You're perfectly imperfect. We're in this dance. Like we get to just play and figure this out as we go along. And you have full and outmost right to call me out on when, when I do that thing. Cause I'm truly looking to improve a lot of couples. It's this like rules to a game that the other person doesn't even know are the rules to the game. Yes. Yes. So you're just in a constant state of being disappointed and upset. And then they're like, well, they keep doing that. Well, have you asked them? Well, no, they should know. I'm like, how how should they know? (laughs) And we we always laugh about, uh, you know, the, 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 to do never make the assumptions that the, and I make very fun of, of my own gender here. The, the, the guys are going to figure it out. I always say, they're not. No. They're clueless. They start with the basis of they are clueless, and, uh, and you'll have a much better way of communicating. And share what you're thinking. Don't, don't fill in the blanks also. That's another thing we always stress to people, that they'll, they'll, they don't hear the answer. So, well, he must be thinking this. Mm. Like, no, please don't, 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 don't go there because that's often not at all the case. In cases, he's thinking nothing. <laughs> so when when we have talked to clients, we'll say, so what has happened in the past when you approached this challenge or issue or conflict? And, you know, we'll get a variety of, um, he fights back, he takes it personally, he stonewalls, he mm. brings up past grievances, um, and... Um, I can't even remember what it was. Gunny sacking. Uh, gunny sacking, I guess is what it is. Gunny sacking is when you have all of these old things that you bring up to new. Oh, we're going to have an argument, a fight. I got a big bag full of stuff. Oh, I'm going to yeah. dump out right here and get it all back out on the table. Oh. So we liken that to like, if you've ever, do you do you have a messy kitchen drawer or is it like really neat? Oh, no, we is have a messy. One drawer that has a whole bunch of Everything. stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. So... It's like sometimes we get out there and we go like, oh, I'm going to organize the straw, right? And I'm going to take out the rubber bands and the paper clips and the pens and this school lunch note from last year. And um, I'm going to organize this thing and maybe maybe the dog tags and maybe whatever else is in there, maybe some lip balm. And so you organize this thing and then you don't know where to put this stuff. So you just put it all back in the drawer yep. and then it never gets clean. And so that's kind of like what we think happens. It's kind of a little metaphor that we use. It happens with relationships. If you, if you have those communication moments, and we actually suggest having that time to actually just sit down and not have an argument about something, but just to sit down and have a structured communication for 20 to 30 minutes with your partner where you just talk about whatever. And even we give people little prompts to start these conversations because they've forgotten or they've never learned how to properly talk to one another. And again, the emotional clock is often a great tool. So if you are feeling some different tensions or frustrations of some sort, it is a great way to do that in in a very simple fashion to say, this is, again, back what you were saying, this is what I'm feeling. Right. It's not not like you did this. It's a... I'm feeling great shame about the fact that I did the following thing. And so it's always, it gives you a great tool to point at that, say, this is what I'm feeling. And I'm afraid to bring up, and that's another thing Poppy and I always are are stressing to people is, is always bring out and share your, your worst fears. 
Mm. The minute you do that, you 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 typically open a door to the other person. I'm just you're blocking. Me. What? <laughs> when you're gesturing, it's like. <laughs> oh no! You're not even Italian either. You know, it's like. <laughs> no, you know. Uh, so, but it makes it uh, it opens the door to the other person going, oh, you know, please, no, share. You know, I'm I'm afraid to talk about this, and that the other person with any level of sensitivity at all will say. Oh no! You know, go ahead. It's all right. You can talk about it. So. Or, but you say why you're afraid right. too, and that's really important. I'm afraid to talk about this because I'm afraid you're going to get angry, or you'll walk away, or that the worst is is that you won't understand where I'm coming from. Mm. And um, say, can you help me with that? If you start to feel anxious when we're talking, will you let me know? Yes. Hold up your hand or do something so yeah. that I feel that I get the, that I need to slow down. I need to pause. You know, there were, there were, uh, we just had something recently where Jeff said something very matter of factly. And I, I, my thing, and I know this, I own this about myself. I probably have a great deal of uh, sensitivity to FOMO. I, 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 I don't like exclusion. I have never liked it from a young girl. Mm. This, this is carried through to today. I don't like leaving people out. I always, I'm like the border collie. I want everyone in the same room. You know, that's, that's just me. Yep. If I were a dog, I would be a border collie. It's like, <laughs> together, include everybody. When we entertain, we have people from all walks of life come in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a, a certain group. It's just, everybody's welcome. And so that's just kind of my thing. And so when Jeff said something, well, I'll just go and do this thing by myself. I was like, well, wait a minute. He's mm. like, well, why aren't I included? Well, you can come if you want to, you know, and it, it occurred to me, I said, you know, this is how I felt. And he had no clue yeah. that this was my own little tiny personal trigger. But when I said it, you remembered it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It, it was just so it's an ongoing process. Well, it, was, like you it, said. Was a, it was a heavy topic that had kind of hit me. I mentioned to you earlier, it was a, a classmate from high school who had died and the funeral was going to be uh, a little south of where we live. And, and Poppy didn't know this person at all. And I was just going to run down and pay my respects. And I was already heavy of heart. So I wasn't thinking and processing yeah. in, a, in a clear, rational way. And it's and so, also for, you know, we, we, perceive that people will respond the way that we, we would them. operate. So for Jeff, you know, flip the script, like he wouldn't want to necessarily go to an event like that. If you asked him, I'm sure he would. So he's like, look, I'm going to do her a favor. I'm not even going to ask her. Right. Or like, why exactly. would she want to come to this? Right. right. I wouldn't want to come to this. So, and then we have this weird expectation. It just all happens so fast. And then we end up saying stuff like that because we just assume Right. That the other person would, would operate exactly how we operate. It's interesting that you say that because my wife is very, very similar. So well, we, we just, with this particular thing, in my mind, it was like, why wouldn't he want me there to support him as he's exactly. going through this? And so when we were driving in the car, it was about a 45 minute ride. And it was like, I felt like it was a special gift for me to give Jeff to mm. keep him company while he's there. So he's not alone in this mm. and um, just to be there supporting. It. And after we left there, he goes, I'm so glad you came. Thank you. You know? And so mm. I, I don't think you were thinking that. Well, Poppy also, as she does so wonderfully, had, uh, I was trying to figure out a way to, I, I got a bunch of pictures that I wanted to share. I was, I was kind of also representing our entire high school class. I was the only person who was nearby. And uh, so I had a whole bunch of pictures and Poppy did a wonderful job of, of putting them all on, on, uh, on, on yeah, poster board things and, and formatting them all nicely. And, and, you know, I would have done a thousand times better than I would have done that kind of. <laughs> you would have brought a white envelope here, pass these around. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's anyway, really it was just, it was just the, um, and it wasn't a, a big thing, like it didn't make or break the day, but it was just kind of this uncomfortable thing. And But I owned it. And that was the important thing. Yes. Was like, this is totally me. I just, I have a, a, a horrible abhorrence to exclusion. It's yes. just, it's, when I see somebody treating someone unjustly at a, out in public, I, I like step in. It was like, what is wrong with you? Stay out of it. It was like, no, they're being mean to this person. It's not nice. 
And so, you know, There's, so that's yeah. just, that's just my own little thing. And I own it is, and I said that right up front to Jeff, I said, this is a flaw I have. It, it could be a gift, but it's a, you know, most people would probably see it. I just think it's really interesting what you highlighted now, because that's the difference between, so say that happened here, here's what would happen in most relationships. You would feel that you wouldn't say anything about it. Right. You would make him wrong for not asking. He would go because the communication wasn't had. Right. Right. Now he's off at this thing. You're at home stewing mm-hmm. a slow burn yep a, and and now it's not just this thing it's now the memory banks start coming out <laughs> yeah the, the last time he did this last time too and he did this this and this <laughs> now he's over there has no idea that any of this is happening right he walks home already you're tense there's no ease there and it would take one thing for him to say something like Hey, uh, why don't we order pizza today? And you had in your mind that you wanted to go out for dinner and that's it. It's going to be like world war three in the house <laughs> because now, well, he doesn't care again. Da, 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 da. And so I think it's so important where you highlighted is like, if at any moment something happens and you feel any sort of, I'll, I'll make it really simple. When you're at ease, there's a comfort in the body. Mm-hmm. Right? There, yes. There's just a warm comfort. You're, you're relaxed, you're easy, et cetera. The second something happens, there is now discomfort in your body. That discomfort could be a little tension in your heart, a yeah. little heaviness on your shoulders, something in the neck, et cetera. That is like a huge red flag to just stop and take notice, which is exactly what Poppy just alluded yeah. to. It's not a big deal, nope. it, but it's not a big deal because she said it at the moment. Yes. And in the moment, it's not a big deal. It's like, hey, you know, I actually just experienced this and I wanted to let you know, Jeff never had any intention of doing any of that stuff to trigger that in Poppy. And so he can get responsible. She can get responsible. And next thing you know, it's like handled, whereas most people will just eat it and eat it and eat it and eat it and eat it. And then it's just explosive. This is why we, uh, the emotional clock, the first setting is this confusion. Is one o'clock. Is that what you just explained? Is something's a little off. I don't know what it is, but it's to, at that moment to explore it. Because what happens then is you, if you don't, as we just went through the whole exercise, you, and it just builds itself around the next thing you know, you're at five o'clock anger and you're yelling and screaming about something because you never dealt with the little ones at the top. And so yeah. the best, you know, our best advice with the use of the clock is the minute you hit one o'clock, talk about it and spin that dial right around back to 12 to back yes. to love and everything's great again. And the yeah, thing and about I, one o'clock confusion is even if you don't know it, it's okay. Yes. You say to your partner, I don't know what, I just feel a little bit off here. I got this knot in my stomach, I, I'm swallowing, you know, whatever it is that's happening physiologically yes. in the body. I don't know what it is. Can you help me with this? Don't be angry. I know you might think I'm super sensitive, overly sensitive, but there's something going on and I just, I need 10 minutes to address it. Will you take that time with me? And I like giving, especially men, I love giving them a timeline. (laughs) I don't want these, these two hour conversations because that is crazy making for anybody. And so I, just the best you can approximate. I think it'll take 10 minutes. Can we just talk through this? Great. Most guys will go super great. I can get to my golf game. I can get back to the TV. I can do whatever. Yeah. And there's something I think also like in the aspect of doing that, you know, Poppy, you didn't necessarily need Jeff to help you because I think the more you start tuning into something just, you know, went off and you start to build that relationship with yourself where you can ask like, what was that? What got triggered? And then you yes. get really honest. And sometimes it's hard, I think, to for people to be honest with themselves because mm-hmm. the stuff that our mind will spit out sometimes is just so crazy that we're like, I don't want to admit to myself or anyone right. that I just had that thought. Like, it's just insane. And you guys know each other and love each other and all that stuff. And I'm sure even you, Poppy, at some level, were like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, I know he's going to a funeral. Like, this is what I'm... And that's no excuse not to share it. Yeah. Because that's the stuff that ends relationships. And the fact that you were able to openly communicate that with him. And I like the the whole thing of just kind of setting up the framework of it, 
where it's not, you're just not throwing stuff at someone. Right. You're actually setting up a stage like, hey. I said I to him, I said, do you have a few minutes that we can talk about something that's yes. bugging me? And so that's what we did. But for for clients that we, we counsel, because they, they often present and they say, oh, we just have these circular fights. We never get anything resolved. Mm-hmm. And so we suggest, please put a time limit on. Even after, when you, when you get to, let's say you have a half an hour and you're going to talk about something at 20 minutes, you're going to say, okay, we have 10 minutes left. Um, I can see we're, we're not very far along as where we want to be, but we do have some momentum. Let's take the last 10 minutes and just kind of summarize where we are and then we'll pick it up whenever the next and time if, is. if it does get into uh, anger, anger really raises its head and emotions start to fly. You know, we've, we've seen the studies that show when your heartbeat gets above 100, you literally lose your ability to even hear. Yes. It's like being underwater. Yes. And if you know you get to that position, it's absolutely the best thing just to you know, pull, pull the time out and say, hey, I'm not going to be able to rationally, <laughs> without deep emotion, answer this. I need, I need to back away and come back when I can be calm and, and, and or, thoughtful. Or, or tired or hangry or yeah. <laughs> whatever. You just get those other physical needs met first and then have those pretty significant conversations. That's a huge tip. Huge, huge tip. Yeah. When I first started studying human behavior and like what happens in the body, I learned this phrase of like hijacking yes. where it's, you know, when, when, um, chemicals like uh, cortisol and there's one other that I can't think of right now, when they're being pumped through your body, your body's basically hijacked and you mm-hmm. basically turn yeah. into like a five-year-old right. hand-trummed kid. And so when two five, I, I mean, I have one, you know, when you try to logic with a five-year-old tantrum child, like it just doesn't, there, nope. there's no amount of logic or sense that you're going to imbue in this child to have them make use. It's just, it's going nowhere. Um, so we learned really fast, like it takes the body anywhere from 30 to 90 minutes to kind of get back to like homeostasis, go apart. We, we rarely, I mean, we rarely have blowups, but even if we do, we will take time. And even if it's like with my kids and I have just a a heightened state reaction of some sort or they do. I will always have a conversation with them about the event, but it will always be hours after or maybe yes. at night or the day after where both people can kind of look at the situation after it's been completed from uh, a different point of view. Because mm-hmm. while you're in it, it is, you're just dug in and you're, it's, it's just impossible to, to have those conversations. I had a parenting certification when I lived in Wisconsin and I have four children and when they did something that was non-acceptable. We had, you know, house rules. It was like no slamming doors. Um, We took off doors if the doors got slammed. And when they were teenagers, they did not appreciate that. Um, (laughs) But it it stopped the door slamming. And I remember um, my oldest, when she was 10, um, you know, slammed the door. And she knew that that was like, oh, I'm in deep doo-doo now. And... I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to think about, and I want you to think about what you think the consequence should be. And it was like that, that eerily calm demeanor that absolutely sends your kids like freaking out. Terrified. Oh my gosh, she's terrified. Out. Oh no. And so I came back and I said, so what do you think the consequence should be? And she said, I think, and we lived in Wisconsin, Okay. She goes, I think I should never, ever be allowed to go to Florida on a family vacation ever again. (laughs) It was like, well, I don't think that's necessarily appropriate. But anyway, so we came up with a really hurtful to her consequence, and it was age appropriate. She loved reading. She loved this series of books. And I said, when the next um, series, when the next book comes out, and even though it's around your birthday, we're not going to get that book. Wow. Oh, my God. You You might as well pulled out her toenails. She would have rather have skipped Florida for the rest of her life, you know? And so, and then she eventually got the book after it came out, but not until it did. And it never happened again. We didn't have the door climbing ever again. But anyway, it's just that kind of 
if if parents could do that, because we see that so often, they they are so reactive in the moment. You're never going to get to do this or that, and these these sort of like yeah yeah yeah. You always say and that. they don't follow through on any and consequences, which is. It's so it's hard. Right. I understand it. it's so hard. Parents are pulled in so many different directions to follow through on stuff. But if you can just try and get creative and we do that with parents too, we give them little scripts to use so that they can follow through on a healthy consequence, you know? Yeah. And, and I, what I love about this type of education is that it's transferable to anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's your children, you know, same level of communication, because at the end of the day, your children are learning on more on mimicking the way your relationship between the two of you uh, than anything else. But take it a step further, you know, partnerships at work, employees or employers at work that you're with, the relationships in your family with your parents and things like that, the same strategies, the same way of learning to communicate inside of your intimate relationship can be transferred to everything. And I, I, that's to me, and I know Jeff, you said you're a salesperson too, like as a salesperson, even it's, it makes a world of difference when you understand how to communicate with different people at where they're at, instead of just having the one mode that you can communicate with people. So um, yeah, I'm a huge proponent. We both have sales and marketing in our background. And I absolutely love sales. I love the very non-pushy, very customer-centric sales. That was something that always resonated with me, which is why I think we got into coaching and and just carried that through. You know, the psychology of selling is lovely. It's very transparent. It's very open. It's very, you know, what you see is what you get. And that's Jeff has often said that about himself to people. When we first got together, he was like, well, What's he like? And he's like, what you see is what you got. He's, he's pretty, you know, he's pretty um, transparent for anybody. There aren't a whole lot of deep, dark secrets that I'm, I'm holding here. It's uh, pretty pretty open. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same thing. It just gets too tiring to, to, to try to figure out yeah. what you said to who and when. And yeah, I, I just don't have time for it. Well, Poppy and Jeff, why don't you guys tell people where they can find you, your courses, live events, things like okay. that? We are to be found at poppyandjeff.com, and it's P-O-P-P-Y-A-N-D, and my spelling is not the traditional, it's the British G-E-O-F-F, so poppyandjeff.com is where you can find all of our stuff. We have tons of podcasts and articles, and, and we're very excited. We're gearing up for next week. We're having a webcast, a free webcast that we're going to be promoting. A webinar, yeah. Webinar, thank you. Uh, some things we want to offer people, online courses, and, and it's, it's something... We're, we're laughing. I said, you know, this, is, this has been 40 years in the making, you know, the, uh, from when we first met each other and the journey we've had and, and to share all this. Because one of the things that whenever you've really figured something out and understand, you, you want to share it. Yeah. And so and now that we have it all figured out, but we sure have, uh, we sure have been yeah. focusing a whole lot on this stuff. And we understand uh, the Myers-Briggs and love languages and our own tool and all these things when brought together, can have just such significance in making a relationship better. So. Yes, it's huge. And and um, we're also f- talking about doing something with uh, Poppy and Jeff and Guy and Mandy and my wife and, and um, doing something around relationships as well. So we'll keep you guys informed um, as we come up with dates for that. But definitely go check them out. Poppy and Jeff, as always, love yep. spending time with you guys. You can find us on Facebook, the webinar, um, Finally Address the Painful Truth About Your Marriage. Mm. It's, like, it's pretty provocative, but um, it's kind of going to weed out the, the people that are committed to improving their life. Whether yeah. they stay or go, it's, it's, we work with, with both cohorts all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, Elon. We miss Guy. Tell him we love him. I will guys thank you so much for spending time with us here today and for everyone else we will see you here next week have an amazing one thanks thank you hey hey before you go i just wanted to remind you to go lock in your nine dollar per month for life offer to join our collective like i said you can even try it for free for the next 14 days 
I promise if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love what we're sharing inside of the collective. Again, just head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective and you can lock that price in. These are the same tools that we share with our personal one-on-one clients and those guys pay us tens of thousands of dollars to work with us. You can have them for just $9 a month. Again, satoriprime.com forward slash the collective. And as always, we'd love to hear your honest reviews of our show. So if you head to iTunes and leave us a review right now, you could actually be next week's lucky winner. And lastly, if you do want to connect with Guy and I, head to Facebook right now, join our personal development without the fluff private group, ask for permission. There's a ton of amazing exclusive content there as well. And you get to communicate and interact with Guy and I on an ongoing basis. So as always, thank you for your trust, your loyalty, and your listening. We do not take it for granted. We really, really appreciate it. We love you and we'll see you next time.